I said good day, sir. You don't ever plan anything around the eagles because the eagles represent the grace of God. Okay. You heathen bastards. What a vanilla nebbish name. Well, you know, orcs are people too. I'm thinking of that one cult that got taken out with one punch. So he's got a wall, okay. a gall, a gall, and a wall. Every time you mention the eagles, I think Don Henley. <laughs> So, and as far as uh, things going on, um, this week was uh, my son's uh, back to school night mm. at his uh, daycare where, where he is currently attending pre-K mm-hmm. and, uh, or TK, I, I don't know which term they're using, but you pre-TK. Know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> T pre-pre. Um, yeah. T pre, pre-T, T, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, it was, it was very nice to, to go in and and he was very, very excited. He wanted to show us literally everything in his classroom. (laughs) Um, and, uh, his, his teacher remarked on, uh, how he always, he's, he's one of the first ones to get the numbers, uh, figured out when they do the calendar in the morning mm-hmm. and uh you know she she talked about how much he loves books and reading time even though he doesn't know how to read yet he he gets a kick out of that and um <clears throat> probably the most um um i don't know what the, I'm, I'm looking for a word but but the the most notable um kind of surprise but not really of the evening uh for me was uh when we had uh there were other parents there at the same time we were there and i don't remember exactly the context but uh one of the other one of the other kids pointed out my son to their parents and the parents went oh okay so that's my son's name Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Man, we we hear we hear a lot about my son." And uh, I'm you know, like, we've named I, him on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, we have. We, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we we hear about we hear about Robert all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Good things. I hope. I said in my <laughs> you know forced jovial ha 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 you know fifties uh, uh, you know house dad kind of voice. And, um, and, and I didn't really get an answer 
<laughs> um, and I mean, I'm pretty sure looking, looking at the way the other kids interact with him, my son is a fucking rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, like when, when, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but he, he got his, uh, second shot for COVID a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. And when we showed up at his school, all of his classmates were like, Robert, where were you? What happened? Robert, you know, and they're all like my, my son was the man. And mm-hmm. so like, why wasn't I that cool when I was that <laughs> age? What, what, what the hell? Like, does he get this from his mother? Like, where does this come from? The but, times they are a changing. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what, <laughs> what I had. Oh, we hear about Robert all the time. Robert, Robert, Robert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that's a good thing. Yeah. You'll let me know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's my latest news. How about you? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin and U.S. history teacher up here in Northern California. And uh, I actually just got my Omicron booster uh, yesterday on my prep. I, I have a long okay. enough, uh, prep plus lunch that I uh, went and got me the Moderna. One of those one of those fourth period preps. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually prefer fifth period prep. However, uh, if you have two okay. lunches, fourth period prep is is better. And as a yeah. union rep. Uh, it's easier because then we can have meetings at either lunch. Um, okay, yeah, I'm that available. makes sense. And so, you're and you're there. Yeah, I can but see also that. I, you know, I was able to go home to my own pharmacy and then come back having gotten my shot. Uh, and then we had that back to school nights. Nice. Um, yeah, which was which was cool. Uh, it was the first in in person one in three years. Yeah, uh, and I'm totally dating the show, but uh, I did mention the Omicron booster already. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was neat. The, the parents are showing up in good faith. Um, it's, it's a very different vibe than it was in 2019. Um, good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So I am vaxxed, jacked and waxed, ready to fax racks and stacks of facts and put these listeners on their backs. Okay. Yeah. Well Actually, done. Like shit. I really, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, I'm I was such I was a gonna... wimp. I was gonna say, is this is this kicking your ass or what? Oh, it is. Um, and and the thing is, I spend most of my life being healthy, so I'm terrible at feeling malaise. Break my nose, and I'll reset it and keep moving. Like, yeah, sprain an ankle, and I will hobble. Uh, but but give me give tummy you, troubles, you, and you're and I will pray to all the gods. <laughs> I will. I will become a Hasidic despite being an anti-theist. Like, you will yes. find religion immediately. Yeah, I will yeah. do the rocking that you see at the Western Wall, and yeah. I will like I will pray to nine thousand different gods. I will make up gods. I do you not. You will shit. learn Sanskrit yes. in order to pray. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And general malaise. I'm just like, is this what death is like? Uh, which is like, I'm a pretty robust fella otherwise, but like, it just goes to show like men are, are wimps. Number one, number two, oh, yeah. I'm a wimp among men. Uh, number three, uh, it also goes to show that like, honestly, it just takes like 2% either way. And, and you're, you're really knocked on your ass. Like, Oh yeah. It's oh yeah. Yeah. So man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I am I am happily vaccinated. So good, uh, good. Yeah, will, yeah as soon as as soon as I recover from, I, I don't know if longtime listeners can notice any difference in my voice right now. But I'm I'm recovering from from a cold. I've I've mm-hmm. tested. It's it's just yeah. a cold. Everybody everybody's getting those colds too. This is the first yeah. time. Yeah, it's uh, going around. Yeah, yeah. So 
And uh, so, so as soon as I'm recovered from, from this thing fully, I'm going in, I'm getting that done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, also my friend, this is just a total like indulgent, uh, indulgence of myself. My friend Jay got promoted at our work and he's going to be doing a really cool thing. Like he's in a position where he can really genuinely work with the kids. Oh, nice. Um, And he is the perfect person for that. And so I've, I've just been riding high on that. Very as well cool. as I've got a couple friends who moved in from Alaska down to California. Uh, they're about to get their house. Like there's nice. there's a lot of good things happening yeah. to a lot of good people around me. So, All right, well that's good. Yeah, that's good. And Positive I, waves, man. Positive yeah, waves. Yeah. So, you know, All last right. last we spoke, uh, yes. we're still on V. Uh, we finished yeah. the Diana V. Um, yeah. We finished the the free city in an occupation melodrama V. Yeah. And so that brings us to the final TV version of V. I'm not going to cover yeah. the books. I actually am having a hard time finding the books, too. It's kind of funny. I think you um, mentioned that last episode. Yeah. Kind of as yeah. an aside that it's hard to find him. Yeah. But they do exist and they do expand the universe a bit. But I'm not going to cover okay. those. Um, but I am going to talk about the final TV version, uh, which ran from November 3rd, 2009 until March 15th, 2011, which is the longest running V that we've seen of the four iterations. Yeah, I didn't think it got ratings that were good enough to keep it going that long. Yeah, Well, I mean, honestly, you're talking about a little over a year. You're and again, about a year and some change. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. So again, yeah, I didn't realize it got written, but OK. <laughs> So it was definitely uh, pulling on the nostalgia cords. Um, you know, it certainly oh, yeah. hit that for me. I was like, V, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but also there's a lot more going on by 2009. Yeah. Oh, so gee, again, Christmas, let's yeah. count the ways. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a Michael Johnson joint. Um, however, <laughs> he is still listed as the creator, um, okay. which is a credit that he actually had to sue in order to keep. Um, no kidding. Yeah, the producers tried to say that it was so different from his original that it was a standalone, um, which is some vanilla ice level bullshit right there. Okay, so spoilers for a now 14-year-old TV series. Oh, my God. They're still here to eat people and steal our water. Right. Like, and they're lizards. And they're, and, lizards. They're, and they're lizards. Right. Like, no. Like um, I said, it's a vanilla ice level. All of their, kind of all of their, yeah, all of their product, uh, all, all their, all their, all their technology was designed by Apple this time around. But right. like, like, yeah. yes, aesthetically, it's dramatically different. They uh, used a different font. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's no. See what Queen did was dun 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 dun, 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 dun. and what I did was dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Yeah, and it's like, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Writers Guild actually had the production halted until it was settled, too, uh, which I'm like, well, yes, go. Union thug life. Yes. Damn right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and whereby Johnson kept and uh, kept the creator credit. Um, and it was definitely written by a group of people. This this show was written by a, a, a writer's room, all of whom seem to be your basic TV writers making a living writing stories and other people's creations. So I couldn't find yeah. anything remarkable about them. No shade there, by the way. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, uh, Christy Golden, um, she has famously said that every time she tries to write in her own world, people tell her no with their dollars. But when she writes in other people's worlds, people are like yes keep doing this she okay. wrote a bunch of star wars books she's also yeah. written um a number of warcraft books oh okay cool um, yeah cool, cool 
So no shade on that. Uh, but yeah. what struck me about this version was how it managed oh. to hit the same beats as the prior three iterations while making an entirely different point. Um, so that's kind of the 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 main okay. thrust here. The first day that it aired was November third, two thousand nine. Okay. That is three hundred and sixty four days after the after... election day in two thousand eight. Right. Barack Obama was elected president. Yeah. Um, I, I should have gotten a beer for this episode, shouldn't I? <laughs> you want to pause? No, <laughs> I don't no. Know. Okay. No, no, no. I'm fighting something. <laughs> I shouldn't, but oh, well, I'm dear. pretty sure alcohol helps, right? It is <clears throat> yeah. Well, it, it is, it is, it is uh, antiseptic. It does fight germs, but right. I, I don't think applied in the way I would be applying it. It's, <laughs> it's necessarily that reliable. Okay. But so, oh dear, yeah. Okay. So this this uh, iteration it opens with a number of your established the character kinds of scenes. Um, Elizabeth Mitchell, who is one of the very few blondes that I'm actually attracted to, um, who is also a, a very very or who is primarily a very very good actress as well. Um, she'd become the lead on this show at the expense of being in the final season of Lost, minus the final uh, two episodes of that. Um, she man. plays, yeah. Right. Talk so, you know, your career about. decisions. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and I'm sorry, but like, I would also bet on myself to oh, be well, able to yeah, carry the lead. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Because, well, you could get your ratio up next time anyway. Is like, well, well yeah, I have been yeah, a lead yeah, on something. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. Good so. point. All right. But, like, but yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not thinking about, you know, her having confidence in herself. It's just like, you know, maybe let's look at the script on this thing. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I actually say it was a pretty solid script because it was based very much on the previous three scripts iterations. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, she plays single mom Erica, who's also an FBI agent in New York, 2009. Um, okay. Her son, Tyler, who's a real ne'er do well, uh, who doesn't do what she tells him. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't he he. He's way the fuck out of control. She keeps telling him the right thing. He keeps doing the wrongest thing. Oh, okay. Right. So um, she clearly doesn't have a grip on her son, which is anxiety driving for me. And I'm sitting here again. I've got a 12 and a 10 year old. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, how are you this bad at parenting? But <laughs> she's got the pressures of being yeah. an FBI agent, an anti-terrorism yeah. task force. She's a careerist. And it's a divorced family, and it's like, okay. yeah, all and kinds he's a teenager. of all kinds of shit. He's a teenage boy. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, Ryan Nichols uh, plays a businessman who does businessman things. Um, he's okay. uh, buying, uh, I'm sorry, not Ryan Nichols doesn't play. He is a business. He's the character's name that. Um, and uh, he does businessman things. He's buying an engagement ring when everything goes bad. Um, Father Landry is busy setting up the church and he actually ends up rescuing a parishioner um, when uh, when a falling crucifix happens, uh, when things start to go bad. Mm, uh, that's not you, at all ominous. Right. Uh, and you've got, um, uh, by the way, uh, the, the character Ryan Nichols, businessman, is Morris Chestnut. Um, okay. And so they are centering. Uh, your main star is a blonde lady, a black man and a white guy. Okay. Um, these are your main three characters um, that are on the human side, uh, and then you've got the the uh, visitor side, and we'll get to that mm -hmm. in a second. But uh, the TV anchor who's past his prime and isn't taken seriously is a guy named Chad Decker, which is, I mean, central casting called and wow. once. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good name for that shit. Um, that's Scott Wolf of Party of Five fame. 
Yeah, he's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, Ed, right. Ed's eyes bugged. Um, and uh, so he's playing a has been. Uh, Typecast much? It's kind of like casting Robert Downey Jr. as uh, a man so traumatized and <laughs> perpetually in recovery. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, Scott Wolf is in the shower and there's a scene of him talking about foreclosures, uh, you know, in the newsroom. Um, and then things go bad while he's at work and he's mad that someone else gets the story that he wanted. So that's where he's okay. at. So we're, you know, all right. So then the visitors come and there's 29 motherships all over the world and the mothership turns into a video screen. So yeah, modern technology. Yeah. Um, and or modern future alien tech, modern conception of what the future will look yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we see Anna, uh, who is played by Morena Bakarin. Bakarin. I'm pretty sure it's Bakarin. Bakarin. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's addressing all the peoples of the world in their own languages. Um, mm-hmm. Simultaneously. And, because yeah, exactly. Alien tech. Exactly. And yeah. and they come in peace <clears throat> and Anna yeah. apologizes for the turmoil that their arrival has caused. And she makes the case that we need water to survive and we're willing to share all that we have in terms of tech and medical knowledge. Uh, she then announces that she'll be coming down soon. Uh, but until then, she says, quote, we are of peace. Um, which I find that to be fascinating because I'm a, a Latin grammar nerd of peace mm-hmm. is a genitive of description or a qualitative genitive. Even. Um, and okay. so it is a way, you know, I'm a man of great, mm-hmm. peace, you know, that kind okay. of, thing. Yeah, yeah. um, we are of peace is not just, we are peaceful. We are of, of peace. peace. Right? Yes. It's a very, yeah. Yeah. So it has, it has different, different, uh, it's got a lot of different, yeah, a lot of facets yeah. to it. A yeah, lot of facets. The crowds across the world are applauding this message, uh, but some of our main characters remain skeptical. As well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Now, when she comes down, uh, and she's wearing, I think she's wearing like a very, very tight, sleek pencil dress. I think that's what they're called. It's grayish. <clears throat> yeah. Um, doesn't um, allow. I always see those dresses. I'm like, why would you wear something that doesn't allow full movement of your own legs? Why are you restricting your own legs? Um, but okay, you know, I can fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, the press is hella aggressive to her, like all up in her grill. Um, and Chad actually tells them to back off and show some respect. Uh, and then they have a moment. She and he, and she kind of looks at him. And she looks at him the way that you would want her to look at you. Mm-hmm. And you also know that this will be your last night on earth. Yeah. Like she will yeah. fuck you to death yeah. and then use your head as decoration. Yeah. Because, because interestingly enough, even before all of this happened, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> my, my uh, buddies and I were, were talking about, you know, female cast members from uh, Firefly. Right. And uh, Marina Bacarin, uh was was described by one of my friends as alien lizard kind of hot, like wow, like not even like not even like so hot, not even quite human, like yeah. And wow. so and so I saw she was cast in in the lead as the lead visitor in in V. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Did somebody listen to us? Holy yeah. Where yeah. where was the listening device in the living room? Like what happened there? Right. But yeah, yeah. That, so that I, I do remember that bit. Yeah. So she she looks at him and she clearly possesses him at that very moment. Um, yeah. but then she asks him if he has a question for her. So she's taking complete control 
thanks to the uh, wedge maneuver that he has created. And yeah. his comment is, she asks, you know, do you have a question? And he says, uh, is there such a thing as an ugly visitor? Because she's Ma- uh, Morena Bakarin. Yeah, smoking uh, hot. Yeah. And she thanks him coyly uh, and says he's not so bad himself. <sighs> Super flirty, see, flirty. See, this is this is how the species dies. Yes. Right here. Right here. Some yeah. idiot dude is going to yeah. trip over his dick. Yeah, with a bang and a whimper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and we're all and and we're all screwed. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, so Chad later reports on on the whole thing and wonders aloud if the press should be so tough on the V's. So now we have the V's. All right. Um, okay. they're a collective noun. So, but he wonders if the press should be so tough on them, which is fascinating. So Anna watches all this from her ship, and then she says to a toady, "I want him." And it's not she wants him for a meal. It's not she wants him for a liaison. She wants him because she will use him uh, to manipulate the situation. He is a tool. Yeah. And since we've all seen this series before, we know what's happening. So it makes sense that they would be much more sleek and slick about it for us to think that the people would be into it. Right. Yeah. Because this is again, we've retreaded it four times. Yeah. You know the yeah, story. You, you know, We're just yeah, hitting you the beats. Know what's happening? Yeah. What I what I do think is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like in microcosm, you can look at, and I feel bad because I don't remember the actress's name who played Diana from oh, the nineteen eighty yeah, series. About. You you look at you look at her mm-hmm. and what her presentation. Was oh, it was Jane Badler, Balder Badler, Jane Badler. Badler. Okay, there yeah. you go. She made you a lot at... of the 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 circuit on conventions for a while. Okay, yeah. So but you, anyway, look, at you Jean, look at her. Yeah. You look at Jane Badler and the way they did her hair, her mm-hmm. whole her whole look. Yeah, was like take a, a dynasty villainous. Yes, and and make her from space, a space fascist. Yeah, 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 make her make her a space fascist. Yeah. But but you know, think think Joan Collins in Dynasty mm-hmm. made space Nazi. Like, I think absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right there. And now um Marina Bacaran mm-hmm. is ethnic, but not too ethnic. She's vaguely ethnic. Vaguely ethnic. Yeah. We um, think she could be white, but she could also be Brazilian. Could, we don't know. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of um and I think Marina Bacaran herself is Brazilian. I think she is. And something i don't remember what what her back anyway but yeah. so um she has she is she is unidentifiably ethnic mm-hmm. um and her whole appearance was so as you said sleek yeah she had very you short know, she hair. had she had the very short hair yep that was very short but it wasn't masculine right it was it was it was, it was yeah. like a gender neutral haircut Mm-hmm. But it's Marina Baccarin, so you can't hide the fact that she's feminine. Like, right. You know. Right. But but I'm I'm trying to like I've I've got I've got a I've got a contrast in search of a in search of a point. But so like, Diana like was so very very different. Diana was her hair was fluffed up. Marina and yeah. and her clothes were off her body, like yeah. extending beyond her body. Yeah. Marina was stripped down to yes. her body. Everything yes. was plastered to it. Her hair was like Lego hair. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, so you see her. <laughs> I, love that. I love that description, like Lego yeah. hair. That's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so so it's 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 a different vibe you know it's and again yeah. it's 2009 right um now tyler and his idiot friend go for a rocket shuttle ride to the new york mothership because they immediately start sending people up uh, and, and they're welcomed by a comely blonde v named lisa to check out the massive view of uh the v city inside the ship it's like one big city um okay. tyler is immediately smitten by lisa and Lisa tells the boys all about the V Peace Ambassador program, and it includes a uniform, uh, and it's a step <laughs> above the Youth Brigade. Um, and, but the problem is, you boys are only seventeen; you need to be eighteen to join. But with a parental signature, you can join. Okay, kind of like the Avengers. Um, you know, yeah. you need your parents' permission. Yeah, which is why Spider-Man was never an Avenger. Yeah. So, um, awful. Uh, friend Too of the show, Gabe. Uh, friend of the show Gabriel Cruz made that joke during the speedball episodes. Oh, uh, okay, that's on him. Yeah, uh, yeah, but no, you decided to repeat it. It's on yeah, you. This is no, also no. true. All right. <laughs> so you know, she says with parental uh, signature, you can do it. So it's not even permission; it's a signature. Yeah. Tyler balks aloud at it because of who his mom is. My mom would never let me. And Lisa's all flirty, flirty, and says, "Quote: That's too bad. I wanted to spend time with you." Yeah. Okay, this is a remarkable inversion of the mm-hmm. old fifties Martians need our women trope. Yes, and it's the vamp versus the the angel, right? It's the blonde yeah. who's seducing him, not the yeah. dark haired curly one. Yeah. Yeah. So in this All version, right. V graffiti isn't a sign of rebellion against the visitors like it was in the first miniseries. It's a sign of support for the aliens. I think that's a distinction worth repeating. The the graffiti was now a sign of support for the aliens, not a sign of rebellion against them. Okay. And by the end of the first episode, there's already a resistance movement forming and Erica and Father Jack are unwittingly pulled into it, which I found fascinating because it's clear that they were trying not to, but also falling into there's some sexual tension there. But okay, he's a priest. She's a fed. Yeah. Could I be any more obvious? More obvious. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) He was a priest. She was a fed. Um, Yeah. So, uh, but there, uh, that that's that's a little further down the road. Um, and most of the romantic relationships are very, very complex, and and at the same, they're both complex and they end poorly, and they don't even start. Like it's it's a lot of just like it's it's a very frustrating uh, set of romantic relationships, romantic entanglements. Them. Yeah, okay, entanglements right. is a good way to put it because th- there's nothing that's ever really paid off in any way, shape, or form, and it's all just really fucking messy. Um, okay, yeah, but do uh, you yeah. do you think that might have been uh, like a conscious decision by the writers? Like, no, we're not writing a fucking soap opera this time. No, I like don't. the writers. I, okay, I don't. Right. I don't think it was that so much as I think honestly there was a push to have some sort of romance in there and the writers did it this way which frankly i kind of appreciate it just really didn't work well yeah um so uh it's pretty gruesome uh actually when they get pulled into the resistance movement uh because they already know that the visitors are the, the visitors are lizard people and they insist on people cutting a slit into their heads to show their skulls yeah Damn. 
I know, I know. And like, if you touch your forehead, there's really not that much skin. No, well, no, but but um, wrestlers wh- never cut that deep. Yeah, well, no, rest one wrestlers don't cut that deep. Number two, um, even though it's it's there's not an awful lot of skin there, it's one of the most heavily vasculated patches of your body. That's true. Like you know, I mean, look, wrestling is an, an amazing example of this. You know, um, you know, trying to get trying to get blood for the crowd. You know, you you give yourself just a little bit of a razor cut across the forehead, you're going to bleed for days. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> you know, yeah, but they well, do they yeah, do it on the but, side, so it's a little less so okay not but not by much well when i was when i was uh flirting with the idea of getting into heavy combat in the sca a number of years ago uh one of the conversations with a with a veteran uh sca combatant was talking about oh yeah no occasionally sometimes you know during a during a bout uh you know you'll take a you'll take a hit to the to the helmet Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the the helmets that they wear in SCA combat are are heavy enough that it's you can legitimately go no I di- I didn't feel it didn't hit me hard enough, um but it'll still wind up causing something to bang into your forehead break the right. skin and he right. says and if you get a capillary bleeder going that's a great way to intimidate your opponent oh yeah yeah blood I dripping mean... over one eye look him right in the face and say <laughs> didn't feel it right you know. Eddie Guerrero uh, in the Cow Palace uh, cut himself across the forehead. I think it was the Cow Palace. Uh, might have been in San Jose, but he cut himself across the forehead and hit a bleeder, yeah. like hit one of the oh, main. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he needed to go to the hospital because he was going into shock, but oh, it was a gusher. Like, <laughs> if you ever watch that match between him and JBL, it is a goddamn gusher. Like, okay. So anyway, uh, Anna meets with Chad for an interview, which she's using to push her narrative to a credulous population. And some things of note, uh, the entire thing was contrived. And I I pulled the dialogue from this scene. Um, She says, Anna says, just be sure not to ask anything that would paint us in a negative light. And Chad says, excuse me, don't ask any questions that would portray us negatively. Ask ones that you did when we first met. And he actually has a moment of conscience. He says, well, I think there's a mistake. I'm a journalist. It's my job to ask questions, even if they make the other person uncomfortable. That was not my understanding. Afraid I don't have a choice. This interview is now canceled. And at that point, she manipulates him into swearing that he'll be fair. And then she she pushes. She says, you'll need to be more than fair if we proceed. We can't be seen in a negative light. This interview would elevate your career, wouldn't it, Mr. Decker? Don't you want to elevate your career? And there's absolutely sex subtext there because elevating is is a hard. Oh yeah! On. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Of course. And that's when Chad totally sells out his uh, his uh, integrity for access. Um, and what's funny okay. is I I went and found the scene and it's on YouTube, and the third comment down is from twelve years later. So this was like a preview <laughs> YouTube channel, right? It was a preview for yeah. V. Like, hey, yeah. here's the hype. You know, check out <clears throat> yeah. this this tete a tete. Um, and the third comment down came 12 years later. Uh, so 2009 plus 12. Uh, 21. Yeah. 2021. Uh, so shortly after the clip was aired as a teaser for the show, the the it, the third comment down stated, quote, thankfully, the Obama administration doesn't have to ask for this. It's assumed. Um, and then the same guy pointed out a couple comments below that, quote, I wonder, and I was uh, lowercase. I wonder if the comments in this thread will be edited to keep people from making the logical association between this clip and the media admin relationship. And the thing is, 
they're right for the wrong reasons. Yep. But also, like, I I remember Obama would have, like, a shoot-around playing basketball, and people would be yeah. pitching him softball questions while he's shooting around. And it was like, oh, look how accessible he is. I could have a beer with him. And at the same time, it's like, yeah. yo, he's contriving all of this. Like, why aren't you all asking some tough questions? He's bombing yeah. the shit out of people right now. Yeah. I remember, like, you know, the, the amount of journalists that were, like, locked up, you know, <laughs> under his tenure. Like, it's, yeah. it's not a pretty picture. Um, And so... It, it's interesting that, you know, this person, I, I really don't think they're acting in good faith um, in terms of what their, you know, their objection would be under a different administration. Um, but they are calling out this this thing, which is so very clearly what what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, the scene goes on and Anna says that they've come from a place of great beauty like Earth and that they don't subdivide into nations, just one big happy family. Anna also says that they'll expand their health centers and keep the healing coming for everybody everywhere. And it's heavily implied that this is a gift and not anything for trade. Like we're just giving this in good faith. Mm -hmm. So that's the interview that airs. Meanwhile, Erica and Father Jack are the resistance meeting and her FBI partner, who is played by. Oh, shit, I forgot his name. Um... (laughs) Uh, um, I'm like a leaf in the wind. Um, oh, Alan Tudyk. Yes, yes, that's who it is. Um, uh, Alan, he... Alan, National Treasure. Yeah, Tudyk. Really? Yes, yeah. Um, well, he attacks her. Um, as the whole cell comes under attack, and she whacks him upside the head, and he's all scaly underneath. Turns out he's a lizard. Um, and so clearly, they've been here a long time, and that's the that's the thing, right? Um. Or or they Whoa. can replace people immediately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Now, what I love about this is because I mentioned, you know, I'm like a leaf in the wind. Um, she ends up having to impale him. So, <laughs> so I think that's three characters he's played that have been impaled. I think K2SO was was stabbed through, or he um, might have just been shot through. I I think he was he was just okay. cored by a blaster shot. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Um anyway, Ryan, uh the the businessman doing businessman things, yeah, uh, played yeah, by yeah. Morris Chestnut. Uh he was also at the meeting and he flees as well, but in the process he gets cut and it turns out he's also a visitor and he's getting engaged to his girlfriend by the end of the episode. So there's your Willie connection. And that's the thing is they they are taking the old one and just turning it sideways, right? Okay. So you're combining Brian and Robin and Willie all into Morse Chestnut's character. Uh, what's his name? Ryan. Um, Erica huh. wonders aloud to Jack, uh, sitting on the rooftop because they escaped, uh, to Father Jack. She wonders aloud how they can fight back. Um, her son, meanwhile, and it's cutting back and forth, and it's really, really good editing. Um, her son is put on a V uniform and is holding hands with Lisa. And he's enjoying this new regard that he gets from her. Then it cuts back to Erica. And she says that the visitors already have a head start on them. And that they're maximizing their number one weapon, which is devotion. And at this point, the visitors toast the new priest brigade, including Erica's son, Tyler. And it's going back and forth, back and forth. So as you can see, there's a lot of retread here, right? From the original series. Tyler is the new David. Uh, Robin is replaced by Val as the one who's going to get pregnant. Val is the girlfriend of Ryan. 
Okay. Uh, is going to get pregnant with a visitor, but also Ryan is kind of the new Willie because he ends up not really liking the mission and he turns against his own people. Okay. You have a priest and a law enforcement agent, just like you did before. You yeah. have infiltrations or replacements of authority. You have the co-opting of the media and you have a very slick and polished media savvy female leader of the visitors as the face of the operation. So a lot okay. of retreads, a lot of up, up upgrades. Yeah. Um, but it's also 2009. So it's far less archetypical and much more gritty and morally gray. And what I find fascinating here is that the lighting is so goddamn bright. And I think it's to hide the fact that there's so much CG. Um, but it is so okay. yeah, brightly that would make sense. lit. Yeah. And whereas the old one was poorly lit to hide the fact that the makeup sucked. The crummy, yeah, the crummy practical effects. Right. Yeah. Now it's super bright to hide the really good but slightly off uh yeah. cg stuff um it's noticeable how much white light is everywhere and how clearly lit all the grit is it's very clearly lit grit um huh. yeah now back to obama the media and healthcare. so here we have okay <laughs> here we have a tv show about a new type of person who looks like us talks like us and presents like the best version of us there are no ugly visitors that i saw and plenty of nondescript ones who do background work while the prettiest and handsomest amongst them step to the fore and talk to us about what they plan to do for us. The very polished media presence and awareness of the visitors. Obama was the first president to use Twitter, and he yeah. was far ahead of his opponents in its use during his campaign. His competent usage has been compared to Eisenhower with TV and Roosevelt yeah. with radio. Yeah. Obama's online presence was quickly duplicated by the Clinton campaign in 2008, and Obama's campaign uh, had Chris Hugh or, or his campaign had a guy named Chris Hughes working on the social media side of his campaign. Chris Hughes was Mark Zuckerberg's roommate at Harvard and one of the original founders of Facebook. And oh wow! Hughes, yeah, right. and and Hughes described his job on the Obama uh, Obama campaign as quote. What I do now for the campaign is work on building out the technology to make sure the online community for Barack Obama supporters is as robust as possible and as helpful as possible to the goal of getting people out to vote. And what I like about that is ultimately, at the end of the day, get people out to vote. Yeah. Also, I'm going to use media and social media in a brand new way to really push this. So there's media savvy is a real thing. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. Hughes said that he was inspired by the idea of what Internet technology could do for Obama and saw Obama as the right candidate to take advantage of it. Quote, online technology is at a place now that is pretty significantly different from where it was in 2004. I'm going to break in here for just a second. In 2004, I don't think you even had YouTube yet. Like, I'll have to look it up. I, it was it was like within a year. Um, yeah. So 2004, I mean, you Social media, I think, was still MySpace, maybe kind of edging into Facebook. Like you, you really—it's in the rudimentary, whatever that phase is. Yeah, YouTube was founded in 05. Yep. Yeah. So, back to his quote: "I felt that if it was used well and keyed to the campaign goals of fundraising and bringing people into the campaign and bringing people to the polls to the vote, uh, it could that it could make a significant difference." Another member of Obama's campaign was Steve Spinner, whose job it was to specifically help the campaign work with tech firms. 
He also spoke to the singular and unique nature of Obama's use of social media for his 2008 campaign. He said, quote, it's never been leveraged in this way through chat groups and community groups and through Facebook and other social networking sites. Now, some statistics here. By August of 2008, Obama had almost 63,000 people following him on Twitter, which back then was a lot, while McCain barely had 1,500, which is still probably five times what I've got, but I don't (laughs) really care. On Facebook, Obama had over 1.3 million friends compared to 200,000 for McCain. So we're talking an increase of like six sixfold. Yeah. And the McCain Facebook site looked, quote, like it was designed by an eighth grade civics class and Obama's looks remarkably clean and professional, according to Computer World's John Brandon. Hilariously, Obama said in a speech in November of 2009, 2009, November, yeah. that he'd never <clears throat> used Twitter despite having more than 2.6 million followers at that time. Through his first term as president, his Twitter usage would increase. His savvy with it would increase. But given that this TV show came out almost exactly to the day, a year after his election victory, I'm going to stick to the campaign and to the first year of his presidency. Okay. During Obama's campaign, Obama's Twitter was often the top followed account or within the top three more often than not. Okay. Uh, I I didn't write down who the other two were. Uh, it, it One was intensely vapid. Um, and it was not a Kardashian. Uh, okay. During that campaign, Pew Research poll uh, showed that more than 40% of Americans accessed information on the candidates and issues via the internet. Which, nowadays, that seems very, very small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's been a decade and a half. Yes. So. It is the new Yeah. Model. Yeah. Yeah. It's. On July 23rd, 2007, the first ever political debate took place on YouTube. It was a known focus on of the Obama campaign and paired well with his appeal to the young. He was the hip candidate who understood how to tweet and didn't send you emails about AIDS needles in gas stations. What? I'm, I'm sorry, you, what? You haven't had an aunt send you an email? Probably not in the last 10 years, but prior to that, I would get emails every couple months from an AOL account of a, of a relative about how people oh, okay. are putting AIDS needles in the uh, in the pumps. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Shit? OK, yeah. That yeah. Shit. yeah. I, I yeah. An uncle, an uncle of mine. <laughs> yeah. Used to used to send some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And specifically, it was is Obama's ability to self parody that really latched uh, onto an aspect of digital culture in 2008. Even the Clintons were catching on to that, making fun of themselves by reenacting The Sopranos in 2007. Usually regular folks made the parodies, though. Uh, But, you know, any publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. 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 So videos that were initially created just for fun or to express individuals' uh, political opinions were taken up by the official campaign. So it gave this grassroots vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, the Obama campaign recognized the potential of Internet and music to reach a large amount of voters particularly young adults who are usually difficult to mobilize during an election. Obama profited from a large number of amateur videos that had been published online before the primary elections and the presidential election in 2008 started. Um, And his presence in these new videos, his engagement with people who did such videos elevated him further than the, in the esteem of those who engage in social media, exponentially growing his reach. Um, And because of this, 
Uh, a semi-grassroots effort was something that he was able to capitalize on, furthering the gap between Obama and the other candidates, both at the primary level and the general election level. In 2007-2008, it became possible to, quote, record one's own rhymes about the importance of voting, mix it with the hottest beats, and distribute it to millions. As is apparent in the explosion of Obama-themed content on the internet, anyone with a cell phone or a web camera could broadcast themselves dancing, rapping, and singing about election uh, election politics, end quote. Okay. And yeah. just the fact that they mentioned a web camera, like that's like really dating things. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> add to this mix actual celebrities and artists doing the same thing, especially in the hip-hop community, overwhelmingly young and non-white. Stars such as Jay-Z who penned, quote, or, or penned the song, My President is Black. Ludacris, Lil Wayne, and Busta Rhymes all contributed to the digital media landscape with support of Obama. And from that, it went fully mainstream. Free publicity for Obama. Yes, We Can by the Will I, by Will I Am, which uh, won an Emmy Award in June of 2008. Leading into the election, he got an oh, Emmy. Wow. You know. Uh, okay. With with Obama's uh, motto, like yeah. I mean, this is just free publicity. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it's. I'm gonna take a second here. Um, it's fascinating because all of the publicity was positive. It was yeah. all people loving him and feeling hopeful. Yeah, I think it's just interesting that that was 2007, 2008, and then eight years later. It was a race to the bottom, shittiest possible cartoon version of a bad guy. Oh, and yeah. That's what got everything. Oh, just absolute. Yeah, it was all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a, a, apocalyptic. Yeah. I am the only one who can save you. Right. I mean, that was like, an actual like thing he said. Verbatim. I alone I alone can save, yeah. can, can fix what's going on. He said that yeah. at the convention. Yeah, um, that, was, that was part of his acceptance speech. Right. You know, it what was just the actual fuck. Right. So what, and like... and the things that went viral from Trump were things like grab him by the pussy or um, your wife is ugly or, you know, uh, crooked Hillary or 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 lock her up. Yeah. And it was all negative. It was all very angry. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's just yeah. fascinating that eight, eight years earlier, like the same free publicity was going to the positive shit. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, the the Emmy uh, Award, uh, the Yes, We Can song, um, it featured excerpts from a speech held by Barack Obama in New Hampshire in January of 2008. And right before the Democratic primary elections on Super Tuesday in February of 08, Will I Am's song was shown on ABC News and published online on YouTube. Again, a lot of free publicity. A lot of, you could argue, as that guy on YouTube did, a lot of complicity with the media. Because they're yeah. looking for what'll get them clicks. Because this is the nascent time of clickbait articles, too. Yeah, it's it's an interesting aspect of a profit-driven media landscape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is they're going to do whatever gets them money, whatever yeah. gets eyeballs on a screen that allows them to sell soap, right? Yeah. Yep. So, and and this this dovetails in with what you said about the the tone and the mood. Mm -hmm. because in 2008 it was all this positive stuff and all of this media attention on on Barack Obama was this this uh adoration mm -hmm. from from all of these directions and and the media 
you know, trying to put on a face of, of, you know, nonpartisan interest, but all clearly being, you know, breathlessly having a huge breathless crush on the guy. Right. Oh, and we're going to get to (laughs) like, I mean, come on. Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. and, and the deal was they gave him, so they gave him that attention because he was becoming popular. And so giving him that attention got them attention. Clicks. Exactly. And then them doing that furthered, his ability to garner other attention from other venues so it turned into a self-fueling cycle yeah it really did Uh, did. a a tornado of a tornado of media yeah uh and then in 2016 it was oh my god this guy is so awful let's show you how awful he is over and over and over again yeah and they were platforming him too i mean and they were hugely yeah it's precisely the same mechanism yep but instead of breathless adoration, it was, oh, my God, this guy is going to get us all killed. Mm-hmm. You know, how how is it that he has become so bulletproof? Well, maybe it's because you won't, like, shut up and fucking ignore him. Or you won't fact check him. Or you won't fact check him. Or you won't hold him responsible for the shit that he says because you're making money off of, oh, my God, look how horrible and outrageous he is. Like, no, knock that shit off. Mm-hmm. Hold him accountable. You should have been holding Obama accountable. Like, yep. Like you sh- your job right. as the fifth estate is, you know, not to be just generating attention for the sake of attention. So your in other job, words, not to sacrifice integrity for the access. For access. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, don't yeah. be a Chad. Like don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the layers to that. Yep. Don't be a Chad. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It memed itself. Congratulations. Yep. You memed yourself. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So but, the the video yeah. uh that that yes. was published for free, like and got a lot of a lot of attention. <laughs> by, a, by a breathless media landscape. Yeah. Well, it mm. also had more than 30 well-known actors, singers, and sports persons. It had Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Kelly Hu, Shoshana Stern, Harold Perinu, Scarlett Johansson, Nicole Scherzinger. You had all of these, like, at the time, really big stars or people who were, like, really big in the sports world. And then came the Obama crush girl. Do you remember the I've Got a Crush on Obama? Yes, I do. Amber Lee Ettinger lip synced the song called Crush on Obama in the video. And it was a typical mainstream, innocuous and generic R&B song. Um, It was, in many ways, apolitical. Uh, the characters singing uh, the song used to support John Kerry, but then saw Obama give his speech at the DNC in 2004. And since then, she's changed her mind because she thinks Obama is, quote, so black and sexy. And she, quote, never wanted anybody more. And it's hella sexual, too. Like, it's oh, more well, sexual than it is political. You know, you re- you really got to wonder what Michelle thought about that whole thing. She was probably like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, point. she's a confident ass woman. Yeah, like, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And look who he goes home with. That's exactly. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you see him recently when they unveiled the pictures and he's like, I like how you captured everything I love about her. And the fact is Michelle is fine. <laughs> like that's awesome. God damn. That guy is charming. Yeah. Well, you know, here's he's a the good, thing. He, he's a good person. Yeah. And the office of president requires that good people do horrible, do horrible shitty, things. Shitty, he's shitty a things. war criminal. Yeah. But he is genuinely also a good person. Yeah. It's it's the it's the the conundrum of the yeah. modern presidency. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's super sexual. Um quote oh, yeah. 
I like it when you get hard, uh, which uh, enters into mere innuendo in combination with the next line, quote, on Hillary and debate. So, you know, it's kind of like if I'm taking a sip of water, I'll, I'll pantomime yeah. that right here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and many people think that the president is a giant dick. Tater. And yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. Wow. Um, so uh, and and then, quote, you'll get your head of state. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I just again, saw a video with a, with a cute girl. You know, uh-huh. dancing around. I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. Dear oh, God yeah. Almighty! And it's equally steamy, but it, it's it's definitely innuendo territory, right? Oh, An yeah. Obama girl declares that Barack Obama is the best candidate for the new Oval Office, but mostly based on how sexy he is to her. It's the cult of personality shit based on his hotness. Yeah. So you remember Chad asking Anna, "Are there any ugly visitors?" Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. And then there's the slogans. Right. Easy to remember. Short words, easily marketed, easily memed, both for profit and for visible availability. When you hear Obama, what what words come to mind? Obama. Yeah. Uh, Hope. And yes, we can. And change. Change. Yeah. 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 Even even his opponents fell victim to using his terms unsuccessfully. Uh, Sarah Palin in her snarky, stupid voice said at the keynote speaker, she was a keynote speaker in February of 2010 at the Grand Ole Opry um, at the first ever National Tea Party Convention. She said, this was all... I can't do her voice. Just remember, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's obnoxious and a twit. This yeah. was all part of that hope and change and transparency. Now, a year later, I got to ask the supporters of all that. How's that hopey, changey stuff working out? Um, Actually... It yeah. was working out okay. Yeah, till the Koch brothers decided. You know. Yeah, well, it, yeah. So, and the thing is, she was actually right to critique the president. I will never deny that a person should critique their president. We should all be doing that. But hers wasn't, it's, again, she was right for the wrong reasons. Yes. Hers wasn't tied to anything specific. It was red meat, boilerplate, Koch brothers shit. Had she gone after actual policy, like his treatment of certain journalists, uh, her critiques of his lack of transparency would have hit differently and would have had some gravitas beyond the crowd of we're mad that there's a black guy, but we can't say it yet. Um, But instead, she said things like, quote, I am so proud to be an American and quote, thank you so much for being here tonight. Do you love your freedom? She was often touted in the campaign as a MILF to some extent or another. So it's not like image didn't matter on the Republican ticket either. Yeah, I I I remember I remember hearing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember because I was unattached at the time, I do remember thinking, well, okay, you know, if the lighting is right and if she just doesn't ever open her mouth. Maybe, but, but yeah. Um, I mean, I I remember seeing a bumper sticker that said uh, coldest state, hottest governor. And there was a cult of personality around. Yeah. Oh, there there was a huge cult of personality around her. And 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 it was like what boomers would want to cheat on their wives with. Yeah. That's a really, that's a, that's a really good analogy. Um, Which by the way, six, seven years later, it was Tommy Lawrence yeah you know it's like 
God, uh, the less said about that obnoxious yeah. twerp. Anyway. So oh, yeah. she went on to criticize. Palin goes on to criticize Obama's foreign policy, which is a thing worthy of criticism in that he was bombing the shit out of brown people all over. Yeah. The world. But she didn't go after that part. She was down for that. Um, she ignored that to go after his foreign policy as not recognizing the true threats to America that America faces. She cited the decision to go uh, to criminally charge the suspect in the Christmas Day airline bombing attempt as a move that she says put the country at grave risk. So that's weird. She didn't want somebody Umar Abdul Mutalab. She did not yeah. want him criminally prosecuted. She wanted him to not have his Miranda rights read to him by the FBI. Yeah. Because she loves her freedom. Because fascist. Yeah. I and mean, Obama let's, was... let's not, let's not. Yeah. Mince words. You're absolutely right. About that She's... anymore. That yeah. should have been, that should have been the point at which everybody in the media covering all of that was like, ah, uh, right. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Barbie Eva Braun. You know, Barbie Brown. <laughs> so Obama was clearly soft, quote, because that's not how radical Islamic extremists are looking at this. They know we're at war. And to win that war, we need a commander in chief and not a professor of law standing at the lectern. Which, again, so simple minded. So one, <laughs> yeah. anti-intellectual. Yes. Two, yep. And and like. Was she actually? I didn't realize she read enough to to have read uh, uh, Mussolini's uh, theory. Oh no, no, she'll just like go with whatever authoritarian shit is put in front of her. Okay, yeah, okay, because yeah. that's textbook. Oh yeah, yeah. like wow. oh, she would have banned those anyway. Um, so <laughs> she gave a forty minute speech and then answered questions that were submitted via the internet to the organization. Again, this is all at the Grand Ole Opry Tea Party, uh, the first Tea Party rally uh, of, of of national significance, because there were others back when the Tea Party was actually the Tea Party, back when yeah. it was people that were mad at Bush for bailing out banks. Yeah, this is the first Koch brothers major tea party. Tea event. party. Yeah, this yeah. is this is when it really becomes a player. And she's the former vice presidential candidate. So now she's like. She's she's kind of blazing the trail for how to be a fascist fuckwad. So kind of. And and of course, she's getting questions submitted by people who are watching, which a certain population. So it's softball questions, friendly questions. It gave Palin the opportunity to say, quote, my plan is quite simple to support those who support the foundation of our country when it comes to the economy. It is free market principles that reward hard work and personal responsibility. Which is some anti-black shit. It it absolutely is because it is dog whistling the hell out of uh, government handouts, which racists Safety will nuts. absolutely tie to black. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. the welfare queen shit that uh, yeah that Reagan started. Um, and when she was asked about national security, Palin outlined a forty-two point plan that was as comprehensive as it was comprehensible. Uh, <laughs> which, which I got a forty-two point plan. Yeah. <laughs> Point one. We got the smartest general in the army. His name is fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry, yeah. did that didn't work. But yeah. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. It was yeah, there you go. It was it was about as <laughs> her speech was about as intellectually uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, robust. Yeah. Point one, win. 
Point two, <laughs> win again. Point three, stomp the first people that you want. It's 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 like you you know. Uh, have you watched the the martial arts uh, um, parody videos on YouTube where it's a uh, oh god was it it's like, Master Ken? Yes, Master Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like restomp the groin, stomp the yeah. groin again, stomp and, the groin know, again. Yeah. Like it's it's the equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, but she offered it to the president immediately because she loves the country so much that she was willing to put aside partisan politics and do what needed to be done. Oh, bullshit. Okay, fine. I oversold it. But here was. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So here was her response when asked about national security. She said, oh, God, it's easy to just kind of sum it up by repeating Ronald Reagan when he talked about the Cold War and we can apply oh, it to our fuck. war on terrorism. We win, they lose. And all we do all we can to win. Which was bad <laughs> strategy during the Cold War. Right. And right. even worse strategy when you're fighting a quote unquote war yeah. against non-state actors yeah. in, so, in asymmetric, like no, right. It doesn't who, many of whom are your own way. citizens yeah, who it, have constitutional rights. Yeah, it doesn't fucking work that way. Right. Yeah, it's, no. it, yeah, you you cannot. I mean, that's mission creep. That's classic mission creep. Um, it's like, wow, it's, it's this not vegetable even knife having... works really, really well. I need to unscrew some bolts now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What, what, how, who? Yeah. So no, not a forty-two point plan. It was just that, and then she finished Jeez. with, "quote I will live, I will die for the people of America." I'm going to break in and ask what she's waiting for, and I'll come <laughs> back. Um. <laughs> Whatever I can do tonight, this party, this tea party is the future of America, and I'm proud to get to be here today. She is a fucking grifter. So, wow. hope, change, both were terms at the bottom of a Shepard Ferry poster from early 2008. Okay. I don't know if you know Shepard Ferry. The name is vaguely familiar. Okay. So, uh, he's... he's um, well, he did the the red and the the the, the red and the blue. Okay, right. Yeah. So he's that guy. He's also the guy that did the obey stuff. Um, he was using all the media and all the memes and all the things that he could to bring about victory. Obama was, uh, and Obama did it masterfully. And he was getting free efforts from plenty of folks who decided to get involved, an actual kind of grassroots thing. But he was also yeah. picking and choosing which grassroots to elevate to show the rest of us and to give more of an appearance of grassroots. Very, very clever. There's even an app on early iPhones that would turn any photo of, on your phone into the hope change iconic design. I which remember was, that. Yeah. Now remember Anna with we are of peace and her yes. use of, uh, and, and she used something called bliss to bring people into the fold and make them happy and peaceful. Okay. Um, Interestingly, Scott Peters, the executive director of V, said that, quote, we are not looking to put any sort of agenda onto the table. And while Morena Bakarin stated that she did, in fact, pattern Anna after politicians, she said, quote, I am trying my best in the role to be as trustworthy as I can and to embody what everybody of every nationality and need wants to see. At the same time, you have your own agenda. Now, granted, she's Brazilian, and so maybe she meant Lula. Uh, though I highly doubt it. Quote, what first attracted me to the show was definitely the po this possibility that we could make parallels to the modern world. Okay. So yeah, the actors and the producers are dialed into, we're making commentary. 
just yeah. like Michael Johnson was, I'm making commentary. Okay. Everybody between those two iterations accidentally made commentary. <laughs> in a weird... Fell backward into making yes. commentary. Yeah. And in a weird parallel interview, TV reporters lobbed a softball at Scott Peters. Quote, some of the world, uh, some of the words in the pilot uh, associated with the visitor's agenda are hope and change and universal health care. So was that intentional or are you just freakishly prescient? His answer was freakishly prescient. And then he goes on. You nice. know, I, I wake up in the morning and you look at the news and you see there's wars. There's new diseases being discovered. Ugh. Yeah, uh, there's old diseases. Freakishly that prescient, you say? Yeah, there's old diseases that we're still dealing with. Uh, the economy is in the toilet there are people losing their homes remember this came out in 09 uh, wouldn't it be awesome if 29 ships showed up and they all said we've got this we'll take care of you don't worry about it yeah I mean at this point isn't it kind of a, a more devious version of what Johnson was pointing out yeah and someone asked him quote do you have any concerns that this might be seen as a slap at the Obama administration or do you hope that it will be seen that way Quote, or his answer, people will bring to it what they bring to it. If one group wants to claim that it, it as their show and another group wants to claim it as their show, that's their prerogative. And then somebody asked, would you really be that comfortable if the birthers started claiming it as their own? At this point, okay, so the birthers, remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, at this point, executive producer Jeffrey Bell jumped in with some bland humor. Quote, Obama is an alien? Look, there are always going to be people who will look for agendas and everything. This show was conceived during the Bush administration. It got executed during an Obama administration. There are people on either side of the aisle who can find things. You can say, yeah, look how stupid these people are for following blindly and believing everything that the government is saying. Uh, and you could have people who are upset about that. And you could have other people saying, look at these people who are promising everything at no cost and they're leading them to their doom. For us, both sides have strengths and weaknesses. Let's get the people to show up and watch it and talk about it. But try to tie it to the birthers or anything is kind of, you know, ridiculous. Sound a little defensive there, Buck. Right? But also like, hey, every this is a controversy you should all tune in to see. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. <laughs> and That's now part of his job. Like, right. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, everybody's noticing, like, yo. <laughs> You are clearly hitting some nails on the head here. Yeah. Um, and the resistance within the show, Father Jack even says in the first episode, quote, we're all so quick to jump on the bandwagon. Um, another character uh, observes, quote, a ride on the bandwagon sounds like fun. But before we get on, let's at least make sure it's sturdy. Okay. All right. So the most obvious part is the universal health care part. So I'm not going to dive too deeply into it. The, the visitor's plan for universal health care, which included using their DNA altering technology to cure over 50 different ailments, spread like wildfire as Anna has concealed her true motives, population control, hybrids, and of course, the literal devouring of us. In advance of this, the visitors had spent years infiltrating human governments, businesses, religious institutions, and other human establishments in preparation for their worldwide reveal to humanity, which results in various false flag operations and staged attacks that only make the visitors look more like sympathetic prey than their true nature as vicious predators. 
And then you add to that, Stu, the fact that Tyler, Erica's son, is our youth taken in by the slick presentation and the attraction to the other young workers for Anna's cause. And Erica is the adults, distrustful, but watching her son get sucked in beyond her control and having to work with these people and knowing their motives are nefarious. Add to that Father Jack, who disagrees with the Vatican on their willingness to trust the visitors and welcome the change uh, for the hope that it represents. And after being told that the visitors are like humans, all God's creatures, he responds, rattlesnakes are God's creatures too. Doesn't mean they're good for us. So now you've got law, religion, tradition, and white folks who know better all rolled up into one. Because every one of those characters is white. Oh, that's unfortunate. Now, also taken in, Chad, the journalist who trades in his integrity for access, he quickly finds out after a very publicity-hungry reveal of visitor medical technology that he actually has an impending aneurysm. And he seeks a second opinion, and the visitors reveal his entire medical history by examining his body. And later it's revealed that Anna gave Chad the aneurysm. Because, of course, she did. And Chad continues to be the man on the ground for Anna and the visitors shaping public sentiment and manipulating the public opinion in Anna's favor. And this is, of course, to secure her favor and approval, as well as her influence. And by the end of season one, he's had a crisis of conscience and now switches to working for the resistance, but as a double agent. Okay. And I think I'm going to stop us. Actually, you know what? Um, Yeah, I'm going to stop us there because I'm going to dive back a little bit further into uh, American healthcare and, okay. and stuff like that. So it's a slightly shorter episode this time. Okay. Uh, we're not done with this iteration of V. Uh, we probably have an episode or two, depending okay. on how, how hard we go. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick it back up uh, next, next week with uh, Bill Clinton's healthcare plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, a real trip in the way back machine. Yes. All right. So, uh, what have you gleaned so far? Um, <clears throat> what I'm what I'm getting from the quotes from all the people who were involved in making it mm-hmm. is a vibe that uh, you decry constantly and mm. and rightly. Which is, um, well, obviously, um, there's an extreme on one end and an extreme on the other. I'm in the middle, and that makes me the smartest person in the room. Right. You know, and, like, you can certainly find fault with both sides. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is a facile uh, comfort to be found and say, well, you know, they're all bad. Right. Because that and... leaves the door open for believing that Antifa caused riots. Yeah. Because both sides are equally bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and like at the same time, so it is it is certainly true that there's all kinds of stuff, transparency-wise, foreign policy-wise, all kinds of stuff that the Obama administration was doing that deserved to be rightly called out. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that Sarah Palin was talking like an actual no shit fascist. Yeah. The things that she said were only made palatable by the fact that she did it in a folksy sing-songy kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the 
the characterizations based on who was in power at the time mm-hmm. and who was disgruntled because they weren't in power at the time. Yep. Um, the neutrality of the writers and people conceiving this show mm-hmm. worked in favor of tea partiers, birthers. Yeah. And they didn't exist yet, but proto maggots. I think that neutrality will always benefit more the reactionary. Oh than yeah. The revolutionary. Oh yeah. By far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, because neutrality is by its nature passive. Yeah. And reaction being in reactionism, conservatism is by its nature. At the very least, we're not going to move any farther forward. We're not, we're not going to work on making right. change or making progress. And at worst, no, we're actually going to drag things backwards, yeah. kicking and screaming into, you know, the 1950s. Yeah. Um, he- heavily invested in the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it, it, looking back on it, it really pisses me off and makes me really angry with these people. Hmm. Um, that, and, and I recognize even as I say that, that that's presentist of me because I now, you know, like I, I know the arc of history from there. Right. You know what I mean? And, but, but people like, were sounding the alarms then too. It's not like it was like, a, a surprise to any of us. <laughs> like, True. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, I mean, it's presentist, but it's, I told you so presentism. Th- yeah. Okay. And maybe yeah. that's part of the reason why I'm, why I'm internally just so angry about it. <laughs> like, yo, fucking, you know, we um, told you, we, we, goddamn told we, you. we bloody well fucking told you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's basically, that's basically it. And and the other thing, and it just leaped out at me that like of the original point of view characters, mm-hmm. the the black male character is the one who turns out to be a sleeper agent. Right? Well, you yeah, know, he's a lizard and, underneath. Yeah. And we're that's that's one or two episodes away. Like it, it, you better get drunk for that one because okay. you're gonna need to. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, I know. I yeah, that's that's probably going to make me incandescently angry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So okay, I'll I'll be prepared for that. Yep. So cool. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's my takeaway right now. Cool. What you reading, or what are you recommending? Um, I am once again going mm-hmm. to very strongly recommend anybody uh, listening to the show go out and uh, get yourself a copy of Two Gun Witch. Mm. By friend of the show, uh, Bishop O'Connell. Um, it is an amazing work. Um, I cared about the characters from page one. Nice. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a great story. Um, highly recommend it. Go out, uh, throw throw some of your money at him because he's earned it. Nice. How about you? Uh, well, you know, friend of the show, Tim Watts also, uh, published, uh, self-published, uh, the Republic, which you can find at, uh, empire comics, empirecomics.com. Uh, yep. go, go and check that out. But I'm also going to recommend, uh, the Wobblies, the story of the IWW and syndicalism in the United States by right. Patrick Renshaw. Nice. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. 
So cool. Uh, well, where can folks find you, fight you, etc.? Yeah, a- well, uh, if you want to come at me, bro, um, I recommend doing that on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, where my handle is eh Blaylock. Um, if you want to hear me uh, opine about how George Lucas uh, fucked up the Jedi, uh, you can go to uh, Mr. Mr. Underscore Blaylock on the TikToks. And of course, we collectively can be found online at www.geekhistorytime.com mm-hmm. and uh, on Twitter as uh, Geek History Time. And so if you want to yell at us collectively about something, that's the place to do it. How about you? Uh, let's see. By the time this drops, November 4th will be the next show that you can come see live. Uh, bring proof of vaccination and $10 to Luna's in Sacramento. And come see Capital Punishment. Uh, it will be a very, very good show. Uh, so that's that's an easy place to find me. Um, I'm not that active on TikTok, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, although, I, I don't know. there There's a collection of puns on there that I have not added to in quite some time. Um, and you could find me at Duh Harmony on Twitter and Instagram. So There we go. Well, and before, also, because yeah. I didn't mention it before... Uh, you're listening to us. So obviously you found us either on uh, the Apple uh, podcast app uh, or on uh, Stitcher. And uh, or you've gone to the website, which I already mentioned. Uh, but wherever it is that you found us, please uh, subscribe and mm-hmm. uh, give us a review. Give us the five stars that Damien has very clearly earned with the exhaustive research. And I'm going to say self-flagellation that went mm-hmm. into... Yeah, uh, the production of these episodes. Not lying. Uh, <laughs> willingly sitting down and watching the '80s V TV series. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, dedication. I, I didn't know that it was going to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, you uh, know, when when you mentioned that you were going to be doing this, and you said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I think, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch the TV series. I remembered enough just from childhood that I was like, oh, that's that's you're a brave man. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know. Yep. Well, there you go. Well, cool. For A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, we are of peace. <laughs>